Hello and welcome back to the TNC podcast, episode number 75, and we've got Norfolk's finest broadcaster back and poised, ready to go, Mr. Nick Conrad. How are you? Very name, well, thank you. Nice to see you. Nice. nice to see you again. And I've been, well, I've been desperate to come back on this. How long was it? Was it a year ago? It was May. You was it May? Well, I checked it. What, May 2018? Yeah. Was it that long ago? Yeah. Gosh, okay. Well, I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, I've never had so much fun in a man's bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought... So I thought I'm coming back on. No, very good. So I'm delighted to be here. Um, the bed is, is is all made up just yes. for you. Um, yeah. you. You've brought a gift. This is very kind of you. Just, yes. just talk me through what, you, what, what you've got us here because what? we've had some lovely gifts in recent weeks. I'm going to be honest. Ooh, um, seashells. I, seashells. Yeah. I'm just. I'm going to be honest because I, I I had to stop to buy them. Um, and a friend actually bought me some seashells. This stinks of Waitrose. On, uh, it's not Waitrose. <laughs> it's not Waitrose. And there is a, there's a theory behind this. Actually, I did tell you when I came in the door, and I thought I shouldn't have told you this, but these actually come from Lidl. Mm. Now, Lidl uh, originates in which country? Germany. Need I say any more? There we go. Uh, so there you go. Although, yeah, method like in my it. madness. Slightly, dis- they're Belgian chocolates. Bollocks to that, I know. But Lidl, <laughs> Lidl, Lidl is in Germany. Amazing. Um, <laughs> Lidl is, yes, indeed. Um, Last time we spoke, it was May. I think Chris yeah. has been on your fantastic radio show since. Yeah. Um, we spoke a lot about investment last time we yeah. were on. Where, where did the club stand <laughs> this time and, and how has the club progressed since the okay. last time we spoke? Classic Conrad. Let's forget what I said last time round because it was bollocks. And let's just move on with where we're at now. I think actually, in fairness, a lot of the things that I drew on last time clearly haven't come true. I think if I remember correctly, I was moaning and quite frustrated with where the club was at. I didn't ever have a crack at uh, Mr. Uh, with Daniel Farker and his team. I could see what they were trying to do, but I was frustrated with the board. Mm. I think that they have bought in, in, extremely cleverly. I think that fans like myself should have been more patient. We're now seeing the fruit of the labour, and I am absolutely delighted to say that there was so much of what I thought was happening last year at the club that was wrong. Mm. And I, I cannot tell you how pleased I am to say that. Mm. I was totally well, and utterly wrong. And, yeah, absolutely. And, and where we are now, um, I'm purring. And where we were when I last came on this, I was not purring. I was a, <laughs> I was a desperately unhappy cat. Um, and now I'm a desperately happy cat. I mean, it's like lapping up cream, isn't it? It's just... Well, it is, isn't it? I mean, it's just... <laughs> I mean, I turn up to that. I've never. I mean, I, I literally, I, I literally skip over that bridge going down there with a with a smile on my face. And I remember saying to my wife last year, because it is a bit of a drag. Cause you've got, I've got three kids, and so well, I, kids is a drag. Or well, <laughs> depends how you look my at it. My face is going to hurt by the end of this podcast. But you know, you sit there. I, I, I look at the clock, and it's getting to eleven o'clock. And they all look at the one forty. And I remember saying last year, I just cannot be bothered. I can't. Be, I love going with my friend Big Steve and his dad. <laughs> I get. I squeeze between Big Steve and his dad. Is he the one that calls it? It's like watching Barcelona. No, that's the guy behind me. No, that's the guy behind me. Somebody actually did pick up on on that and said, "I, oh, you were talking. I know exactly who you're talking about." So I'll be careful <laughs> what I say this time round. Now I sit. The guy called Big Steve, uh, who sits on my left hand side, who's actually not big at all, and his father, who's slightly bigger. Is that Big D's dad? No, Big Steve. Big, big D. D. Dennis Rabeni, of course. Oh, Big D. No, 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 oh, no, no, shame. no. No, if it was, then the age gap would be a bit of a okay. slight problem. So anyway, we, we lost track of Big Steve. Where was this going? You were getting slightly uh, bored and now you're... Uh, oh, yes. So I, I, I love sitting next to Big Steve and his father in a puffer jacket. However, I often feel slightly guilty that I'm leaving the kids behind. And last year I thought... with you. What? No, well, do you know it's funny? I had this conversation recently. When do you, I'd love to take my rupee and Erin to the toilets. There's no way I could... Sorry, not to the toilets. Sorry, to the football. 
Sorry, it's been a really long day. Sorry. <laughs> to the football. To the football. But I, I, how do you do the toilets? How do you, do you do the toilet? Well, you can't. Well, I can't do sit the... your kids down. Yeah, but I think there's only two cubicles there. And I mean, I've missed the start of the second half. I'd have to go. You just don't want to mm. miss the game. I don't want to miss the game. Just send them off. I don't want to miss own. the game. Oh, I don't right. want to miss the game. So and there's no way to change a nappy mm. in there either. So oh, okay. I think we'll wait until they're at an old enough age to deal with themselves in that department. Just, and then I'll take them. Just chuck them in the snake pit and have them carved for themselves. Well, if not, I'll have to go in the family enclosure. And that's like sitting in a library. Mm. So mm. I, wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't want to go there. Anyway, um, it's certainly going well, Chris. Yep. The last game, Leeds United won, Norwich City 3. That was rather magnificent, wasn't it? I'll get it in early. <laughs> did go on TalkSport 2 and say, to a Leeds fan, we're going to win 3-1. You did? And yeah. it happened. I, I can't believe it. I, I was in shell shock watching it unfold. Mm. We were so clinical. Um, but with such a... We didn't have that, that much possession. I thought that Leeds were the better team in the first half, despite the fact that, that, that we'd gone two up. And I think that we, we looked dangerous, yet... You, you thought it was on a knife edge the whole time. It was funny because we it was 88 minutes in and we were like, right, now we've won. But it yeah. took us 88 yeah. minutes yeah. to yeah. accept the fact because we're Norwich fans. Yeah. But I just thought it was brilliant. I thought it was emotional. I thought that... The what boys were you emotional put, about? Because our expectations have been managed so well this season that I mm. think that the Leeds game was, this is it. This is real now. I think that we've all, we've all kind of played along a little mm. bit with... We can do it. Fark life this, fark life that. I think we believe now. And it was the players on the pitch. And it was Daniel Fark's tactics, don't forget as well, that implemented that. So I'm emotional about the fact that it is happening. It is happening. It's as mm. simple as that. We said before the Sheffield game, the next three games are huge. Mm. And if you're still in the... I said at that point, if we're still in the top two at the end of the Leeds game, we've got a chance of automatics. Well, let me put it this way, Jack. If we win against Dipswich, we will win this league. Wow, mm. um, Nick. What struck me at the weekend was was the sort of uh, the sense of maturity about us because I think mm. against Sheffield United we were magnificent for parts. There was that slight bit of naivety about us, yes. completely different at Leeds, mm. wasn't it? Absolutely, and I think actually that's been our major problem over Christmas. And we got, we went into silly seasons, especially you know conceding that four against Derby County. Mm. That that game was depressing and crazy. Mm. Um, did the floodlights lose us that game really quickly? Yes, of course it did. Yeah, it did. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> no doubt about mm. it. We had the momentum, and we could have seen that game out. And we are talking about fine margins. And I think with the Nottingham Forest game, even though it was so exciting, it was amazing to come back from three 0 down. Again, it was silly season to be three 0 mm. down in the first place. So I said, and a lot of people disagree with me, what I really want to see is a stodgy 1-0 win or a stodgy 2-0 win. I just want to shut a game out. Yeah. And that's why I was really delighted with what's happened since Christmas in that's a couple Birmingham, of games. Birmingham, wasn't it? Birmingham was Birmingham was fantastic. The second half was just workmanlike, and that's what you need. Yeah. So with this game, that's what I loved. And I think you're absolutely right. That it did feel like Leeds were on top in the, in the first half, and I didn't quite really believe until later on in the game that we were going to Do you not think that was part of the game plan, though? I, I agree that they were on top, but yeah, it never it felt like they were going to yeah. score. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think the interesting thing about Norwich, and I, there's a way to trouble us, and that's to press high. That's what Chrissy Wilder does. That's what he did very effectively, mm. actually. It's a very interesting deconstructing Sheffield United's game, <clears throat> and I feared that with Leeds. In fact, I spent an hour uh, listening, walking along the Norfolk coast, as you um, do, as you do, listening to a podcast called SU11 S. Right. LU11, sorry, it's the Leeds After postcode. After the TNC L podcast, of course. Uh, naturally, yes. Naturally, LU11. We'll come on to podcast in a moment. LU11. <clears throat> absolutely self-indulgent twaddle from the Leeds fans that I listened to. Um, and if you do, you know, present that podcast, it was very entertaining. But you could actually, they were so 
confident. It was sickening. They were going to win 2-0, 3-0. Well, why wouldn't you be? They stuffed us 3-0 at Carrow, didn't they? Because actually, if you have a look at how they played against Rotherham recently. Sure. Now, if I was a Leeds fan going into this game, I would not be as confident as they were. Yeah. And it was interesting, the reading of their game. And that's actually the first point I thought, we could do them tonight. Because mm. how they were talking about their players, there is something very workmanlike. There's something very practical about the way in which mm. we're setting up at the moment. And I love it. Mm. I love it. I don't want 4-3. I don't want 5-4, I want 1-0. Mm. That's what I want. Stodgy, boring, get the job done. And the difference has been, in these last two games, Tom Tribal. Mm. It's as plain as simple as that. Vrancic is getting the plaudits against Leeds. Steepman is getting the plaudits. They both deserve them, yeah, but my God. Tom Tribal, mm. unsung hero. He has been ridiculous. Okay, so well, what, okay, well, what about this weekend then? Tetty or Tribal? What do you mean, what about this weekend? Well, who are you going to play? Well... It's a no-brainer. Of course you're playing Tribal. Yeah, I agree. How's Tetty getting back in this team? Mm. Tribal, mm. I mean, the proof's in the pudding. The proof is in the pudding. I like Tetty. He's a great squad player. Mm. But all I'm saying is, I mean, if you look at some of the highlights being banded about mm. Tom Tribal at the weekend, mm. it, it's just ridiculous. Can, I say, energy can is I say incredible. something about Tetty, though? I mean, because I love Tetty, and I think Tetty's fantastic. We all love yeah, of course we do. Of course we do. But, um, <laughs> Tetty. <laughs> Make him sound like some kind of Moroccan grain. Um, but... That was so Conrad. <laughs> well, we all love Tete or Tete. Um, but the thing, actually, I get quite frustrated with some of the mistakes that he makes. And what I love about Tribal is that actually Tete's time, obviously, with the club is coming to an end. Naturally, it's going to because of his age. Tribal, I think, is our future and players in that ilk. And what he just brings something extra to the game for me. So He's I completely a warrior, agree. isn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I bumped into him on the way out of the gym the other day. And he scared me. He shook my hand. I looked into his eyes. I didn't want to make too much contact. I'm quite a confident chap. I was like, he is so... No, but what I mean is, when you meet someone and they've got an aura, you think, okay, like the Conrad aura. You you know, you walk in the door and you go, hello. You're feeling it. Nicky C's in the house. (laughs) You know, and I I had the same thing with Tommy T. I wouldn't want to come up against Tommy Tribal in midfield. Can we deconstruct that? What what is it about him that made you, you know, like, you know, faint? He's just a bit scary, isn't he? And I love that. Cameron Jerome, actually, in terms of the footballers who are pokeball, um, Cam- so, you know, I'd say that in the f- physical, not in the, the, the modern, you know. But Cameron Jerome is all muscle, isn't he? He's kind of, you know, if you've, you know, if you've seen him in real life, yeah, you know, yeah. you want to just, you know, say, hello, Cameron, and you just want to stare at his outline because <laughs> I think that if you put him on a fatometer or whatever they call it, I think you'd come out, you're probably under 5%. I mean, he's so yeah. lean. Well, it's, like, it's crazy, isn't he? He's like he's been, you know, stripped by that, that, that Dutch, you know, um, where are we going here? It's just nice to see. Let's let off you in here. It's just nice to see a bit of roughness, a bit of mm. rustic, a mm. bit of pathologist. Oomph. So that's the word I was looking for. Carry on, sorry. Yeah, that yeah. one. I just I don't know where I'm going now. <laughs> this is going to be all over the shop tonight, isn't it? Tom Tribal, mm. what a player. Have you ever put yourself on a body fat meter? Nick? I don't. I have. <laughs> I have. I did. I did. I did. I did once, and then I went to Argos. Uh, on El's favourite Good shop, evening, on El Hernandez. Yeah. I went to Argos and they've got these new things where they, you know, turn of the year, they they said this is this is actually recently, and it's got this thing you can stand on it that tells you you're fat, In and you can wear yeah, you can wear something on your wrist mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. stand on it, then it updates yeah, yeah, you on yeah. your phone, it sends you a notification of how fat you are this morning. <laughs> and I thought, yeah. why on earth am I going to spend 100 and something quid depressing myself on a daily basis? So I didn't. <laughs> Good. Chris, one player who, who has really stepped up to the mark in recent weeks is, is Mario Vrancic. I was just going to say yes to whatever player you said to me then. Seven <laughs> goals from ten starts this season. Unbelievable mate, once again. Mate, mm. phenomenal. I mean, I was picking up, picking up the Norfolk Pogba, Marco Steepman, on TalkSport 2, but Mario Vrancic is the Norfolk Pirlo. Mm. Mm. 
I mean, that performance, I, I, there's not been, I can't really remember a player that in the last two seasons, I mean, he was, everything he touched turned to gold. Mm. And I've not seen a player with that much perfection in a game of football for a, a long, long time. A yeah. long, long, yeah. honestly, seriously, and I'm not just saying it because of the hype. Mario Vrancic has stunned me. He has. We said it. We said he wasn't good enough. And now look at him. I think the interesting, the, the best thing actually about watching Norwich this year is when we've got a player who's out injured or yes. for whatever reason, somebody else comes in. Yes. And we always have this debate. We can't really afford to drop them. I mean, it's just fantastic. I don't actually think that happens with many squads. where, no. And a lot of that has to mm. come down to the way in which they're drilled. They know the part that they're stepping into. They know how they're meant to play and they are performing. Mm. I agree entirely about Vrancic. He surprised me this year. And I, when, you know, especially when Leitner was, was out, yeah. you sit there and you think, oh gosh, here we go. And this is the natural dip. And then all of a sudden you're having this debate thinking... You're just so comfortable, aren't you? Exactly. It's just the way... It's, if you just watch us on the ball... We talked about the metronome last night. It's the tick. It's the way that ball goes around the park and you can read it. And I'm again, I'm purring. I'm sitting there in... I'm just... Oh, I'm overcome by a lot of it. Mm. It's like watching bloody Picasso. It is. Yeah. I mean, it's not abstract, so maybe Monet. But it's, it's like watching... That's the title, you know, it's, Yeah. <laughs> um, let, Nick, let's sort of talk about the defence yeah. because it, it's young. It's inexperienced. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. I can't remember watching a defence so composed at times, yet so yeah, ruthless yeah. going forwards. Absolutely, as well. yeah. I mean, talk to me about that. Get purring over that. So the thing, so let me let me purr over our two fullbacks. Mm. I won't go on too much about it because obviously this is territory that you guys have been over plenty of times, and I've heard it. But, but never with you. Well, you're absolutely right in what you say. In get terms those of shoes. Get into these, by the way. Yeah, just uh, use that. I think the thing about um, that's, a, that's a fine part of the birthday pen. Oh, hang on. You, it's you, not a Mont Blanc, but it's. I'll, it's, I'll it's start. Nice. Ben Godfrey. My God, yeah, my that performance against Leeds, wow, yeah, literally yeah. wow. Though, though you know the debate beforehand was, do you just because of the nature of the Leeds team and the game and the size of the game, do you bring Hanley back in for that mm. game? Which I and was I, saying. Oh wait, yeah. I wasn't. No, I thought go with Godfrey, go with Godfrey because he's going to grow. And the thing about these these young players, they're go chocolate, not the film. <laughs> they're oh yes, yeah, these, these young players, they're fearless. And I just, there's something about I think youth. Lovely. Um, especially when they break through, where they are playing with their with their heart on their sleeves. Oh. Uh, not for me, thank you. And they're playing with their heart on their sleeves. And I think there is, it's just for me, it's the way in which they are playing with this great confidence, uh, which is absolutely tremendous. And there's, there's a winning formula. And you know, when things go your way at Norwich, and and also there's always someone there to pick them up. And this is the best thing when they make a mistake. In the mm. past, usually the ball would have broken to the opposition mm. and we'd be sitting there and we'd be 1-0 down and mm -hmm. we'd be swearing. No, they do make mistakes. You know, They're mm. not perfect. Mm -hmm. Somebody else is in there and they've won it back. And that person's often Wendia. Mm. You know, it's, it's, it's often Hernandez. There's someone in there that you mm. wouldn't always naturally expect it would be in a position where they're retrieving the ball. And you're like, bloody hell, here we go again. Mm -hmm. And yeah. then just some of those really clever passes where they're threading it through the eye of a needle and in, we're in. Mm. So I, And they're giving you everything. They're giving you goals as well, these lads. Though Goldfree's finishing, I think, at the early part when he wasn't brilliant. But, yeah, kind of everything. Buendia, it, it reminded me of watching Madison mm. at the weekend, solely because of the amount he was being kicked, because his feet are simply too quick. Nick mentioned it there, though. Defensively, adds so much to the game as mm. well. I mean, it's reminded me of the fact that he's born on the same day as Jesus Christ. Mm. He is absolutely <laughs> outrageous. He stinks of 25 to 30 mil. Nick, did you know his birth? Did you know his birthdays on the twenty fifth of December? I've got you there, old boy, haven't I? <laughs> oh, this is gonna be laugh. <laughs> People will think there's whiskey in these cups of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, you start me now, old boy. <laughs> oh, dear. Right, anyway. God, I'm actually crying a <laughs> Emmy Wen Dia. What's his mother called? Don't tell me it's Mary because I fall off the chair. <laughs> Mary Buendia. No, on a serious note, Amy Buendia. Oh, outstanding. Yeah. I mean, when he was fouled, I think it was three times in three minutes, and he just sat on the floor laughing to himself. Mm. He is a Premier League footballer. Yes, he is. He is. But he's yeah. not relegation fodder in the yeah. Premier League. Yeah. He's up there. He is oh, outstanding. Just, the whole thing's crazy. Just going back to the investment, we've, we've bought through a couple of players in terms of fullbacks and Jamal Lewis, Max Ahrens. Uh, Buendia, Hernandez. These are players I think we bought to the club for maximum £2 million. Pounds. It probably less. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm not quite sure what the, the fees actually were for, for, for Buendia, but I don't think it was huge. I think it was actually it was a small amount of money. And now you're talking £25 million. I think that might be slightly adventurous. No, but no it's not. T- 15 to £20 million, I suppose, isn't. £25 million might be a bit... Not for me, thank you. Might be, <laughs> Look might at you trying to act healthy on camera. <laughs> might be a bit OTT. But even still, a point taken, you know, we're looking at a combined value there of a, and a ridiculous amount mm. of money. So we've put so much... This is the thing about Daniel Farker where he should be applauded. What he's doing on the pitch is brilliant, but their staff have put a huge amount of value on that club mm-hmm. as well through their young assets. And that's, of course, Stuart Webber's role. It's, and that's, sorry, it's, of course, it's Stuart Webber's role. Yeah, and actually it's interesting that it continues with these two players that we've signed towards the back end of the window mm-hmm. yeah. uh, from Luton. They're clearly looking for the future. They're clearly saying... Sorry, three players, actually. They're clearly saying, this is this mm. is the way we're going, this is the model. It's not just taking a pot shot on someone like Stephen Naismith and hoping he delivers, is yeah. it? Yeah, with ridiculous wages. Exactly. Yeah, or your Matt Jarvis's still on our books. Mm, indeed. Uh, Tim Krull, he um, will be facing no further action from the FA <laughs> after an investigation oh. um, with um, a slight altercation <laughs> with Patrick Bamford. Love that. What do you make of that, Nick, at the end? Look, if anyone from the FA is, is watching... I can't swear. I can swear, yeah. can't I? Yeah, sort you your S-H-I-T. Sorry, I've had a lifetime of not swearing on the radio, so I don't swear. Sort your S-H-I-T out. I don't even know why there's an investigation. I'm assuming that Alioski also faced an investigation oh, did, for sticking his hands in one of our players' faces. I don't know. I mean, come on, it's ridiculous. So Krull went up oh, at the end Leeds, of the game. Leeds grassing us up now, are they? No comment. Right. So the thing about Leeds is, if the FA are going to even bother to launch an investigation about Norwich City, <clears> let's <throat> have an investigation about Alioski's hands in one of our players' faces. Mm. You've got to balance it up. And also, I know there's a complex in Leeds that we're always having a crack at Leeds. By the way, I think Leeds are a fantastic club. I Me think, too. I think British football Me is too. all the richer for Leeds. They've got wonderful fans and they create a brilliant atmosphere in that fantastic stadium. Mm. So I've got no agenda against Leeds. But I do think Leeds fans have got to realise that the perception in the wider football community is damaged by instance, uh, like we've had recently with the Spy Gate. Mm. And I think what annoys me is the FA have launched an investigation into Tim Krull, mm. squaring up at the end of the match. And if Krull is to be believed, trying to split up a bit of a fight which was starting, I'm not quite sure if that's true or not, when Alioski stuck his hand mm. on uh, whose face was Pookie. it? Was it Pookie's face? No, yeah. it was Pookie, wasn't it? Yeah, Pookie's face in, in the box. Two, two hands. Two, two hands. Yeah, it was two hands, wasn't it? Straight down to the ground. Mm. But yeah. Chris, I'm not sure what you think of that whole situation, but for me, it almost says to me that Cruel is, is wanting to protect his younger defenders in front of him. He sees himself as a slight father figure. I love him. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to praise him for start, despite the fact that Chris mm. Reeve, I'm not going to praise him for starting on Bamford, despite the fact that it is Patrick Bamford, and if there was anyone on the pitch I'd want him to start on, it is Patrick Bamford because he is a fraud of a footballer. But. I mean, what I like about Tim, what I like about Tim Krull is he's an absolute shit house, but he's our shit house. Mm. The time wasting and everything like that. But but it's about time Norwich got a bit nasty. It's about time that someone squared up to you. Mm. Don't don't you dare say that to Ben Godfrey. Mm. Let's have some. We're not mm. we're not little old Norwich anymore. Mm. You know, let, let's stand up for ourselves. So 
I applaud the ethics behind it, the the the, the morals, should mm. I say, behind fighting. But I love what I will say is, Christoph Zimmerman, mm. Captain Fod. Mm. Yes, yes. Straight in there, split yes. them up, maturity, absolutely brilliant. But by the way, Tim Krull, he's been excellent. He's yeah, been yeah. bloody brilliant. I, I get annoyed actually, the, the, the amount of fans that get on Tim Krull's back. There's one. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. There's one guy I know that's leading uh, that charge. That's why I'm bringing it, why I'm bringing it up. Um, there is one guy. Uh, sorry, there's, well, there's one guy. Who sits, there's a couple of guys sit behind him. They moan constantly. And there's one slight frustration I think with Krull, and that's just the way that you know he palms out centrally. When actually sometimes I wish he was palming out wide. Mm. But you know, it's easy said that when I've not played as a goalkeeper, I've not played professional football. Though I, I love him, I love it. I love the way that he comes out. He almost plays like a sweeper keeper at times. I love the way he's constantly talking to his back line. Um, I like the guy. I know he's not universally popular. Leader. He's a leader. He is. And Absolutely. He's a, he's a strong, I think, wise head. Imagine him in the dressing room calming yeah. things down. Yeah. And that's what you need, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. I want, but I will be level here. We went to West Brom and we watched him, and his kicking was woeful. Mm. It was woeful. But I'm sure he would admit that as well. But since then, he's been excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Right, okay then, uh, getting on to the serious topics now. Um, a big thank you to the EDP for providing the next piece of entertainment. This is what we like to call, who said it, Nick Conrad or Alan Partridge? Um, <laughs> so this is Norfolk's finest broadcaster and Alan Partridge. Um, Chris, we need to find who said it. Was it Alan Partridge or was it Nick Conrad? Am I not, I'm not allowed to take part in this, am I? You can answer after Chris. Right, okay. Okay, so who yeah. said this? After accepting some Slimming World bars from a guest, I'd eaten them in the car, coming through Routon in the dark, and had covered myself in them. Was that Alan Partridge or Nick Conrad? <clears throat> Partridge. Who do you think said that? Mr. No, I know it's me. <laughs> I know it's me because he's... So talk me through the situation here. You've been given some Slimming oh, World bars from a guest. From, from Slimming... Yeah, they were absolutely well, Slimming World. Uh, oh, you just said that, haven't you? And mm. they have these little bits on the top, and they're kind of, I think they're called Mint Madness. You get this kind of really minty hit, and they, they look like bloody dust. <laughs> I said to Emma, what am I going to do with these? She said, eat them. So I did, and I said, these are fantastic. I had three in one night. <laughs> that's, that's the problem with, that is the problem with those did bars. You not, did you not have trouble up the river end after that? I did, no, I didn't. I did, <laughs> actually. No, no, because they're not the laxative. <laughs> I have had trouble once, though, with a laxative. <laughs> I don't want to tell you, well... I overdosed on Seneca before taking a... Do you want to hear this story? Nick, there's loads of under 18s <laughs> oh, watching don't. this podcast. They're never, ever, ever overdosed on Seneca. I was taking a long-distance flight and I had loads of problems down there. I had four pills and it really didn't shift anything, so I took two more. Well, and I was, about, on a flight, I was about 30,000 feet above Karachi and I disgraced myself. Karachi, oh my God. <laughs> oh, dear. Right, next, um, next quote, Chris. Um, if you go to London, I guarantee you'll either be mugged or not appreciated. Is that Alan Partridge or Mr. Nick Conrad? Seeing as I spent a lot of time in London. I just... Oh. I'll, tell, I'll say Conrad. Okay. No, I'm no, I'm hugely appreciated in London, so okay. I wouldn't... I would, so that's Alan Partridge. Chris, you're, so you're not doing very well here. Um, right, next here. Uh, I'd like to fly a helicopter all around Norfolk, you know, swoop down over a field, scare a donkey so that it falls into a river. Nah, that's Partridge. Yeah, yeah Partridge. Definitely not me. You like donkeys, don't you? I love donkeys. You certainly yeah, I love endorse. cows more, actually. I love cows. Oh, I do. Good. Um, you know what I'd love to be called? Hot. I long to be called hot. I need I needs to be from someone who really means it, rather than someone trying to appease my narcissism. 100% Conrad mm. stinks of it. Mm. Yeah. Talk, talk me through this quote, then. 
Well, I think everyone wants to be called hot, don't they? Mm. I think I, I, you know, I think it's fantastic if someone, someone called me hot. I don't care who they are. Mm. Somebody actually the other day in Waitrose. Um, I don't know why Waitrose Shock. is not important in this story, but they they, <laughs> Just they that in there. I was, yeah, I was having a coffee and they said they thought I was very attractive. Oh wow! And I was, I, well, I, was it your wife? No, sadly not. But very attractive. I thought that's just a little bit kind of safe. I think someone said, no one, no one says, Hot oh, is all in, I want to take you to bed. I find you very attractive. Yeah. <laughs> they don't do that. They yeah. say, you're hot. So yeah. if I need, yeah. <laughs> but I want to believe they mean yeah. it, not that they're just trying to you know, pander to my ego. Mm-hmm. Of course. Yeah. Um, I often see deer. Um, I must be a bit of a deer whisperer. I see them when I'm running, and because I'm light-footed, they don't hear me coming. Conrad. Then get startled when they see me. I'm like the Doctor Doolittle of deer. Well, they, they, what they've, they've cut the quote actually because the story that went before so it, it is was you. it is me. I was in Sheringham Park, and I was apps. I was having a, a run, and I was desperate for a wee, and so you've got the rhododendrons there. So I went into the rhododendrons because it gives you coverage, and on the other side was this deer. And I just had this moment oh where I was peeing and this deer was looking at me and it just wasn't bothered. It's from me to the camera away, it wasn't bothered by me in the slightest. It just carried on, nuzzled yeah. its nose in the ground, had a look at me. And it had no idea. Had no, it had no idea. It had no idea I wasn't a deer. Um, so you're light-footed, are you, when you're running? Well, that's bollocks. I'm not light-footed. You hear me coming from a mile away, but this, I think it's because I was tiptoeing through the undergrowth at that point because I wasn't running because I was obviously weeing. Oh my god. Um, doing the two together. Right, we're going to do one final quote. Um, Chris, I find it amazing how many people still think the petrol cap on a Ford Focus is on the offside rear. Partridge. Indeed. That is yeah. Partridge. Actually, one more. Um, Boom. Okay, no. Uh, yeah, one more. I just find it very strange that children who are born when the moon is in a certain part of the system and pull off the tides is at a certain position. That denotes the fact they are going to spend the rest of their lives eating prawns and muscles. <laughs> Conrad. Yeah. I never I don't understand stars. Don't get it. You don't get stars? No, I've got a friend who says that he's Pisces or he's cancer, so he loves fish. <laughs> and I, again I don't really understand that just because you happen to be born on a certain day, you know, on Jesus' birthday, if you're Emmy Buendia. Emmy Buendia, that it means that you're going to be one way or another. I don't subscribe to that notion. Okay. <laughs> Comment below if you do believe in stars. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right, let's get on to some Twitter questions now. Um, Ollie Bar- Barnard with the first. Do you think Delia would sell up if we go into the Premier League? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, Surely it would be the best opportunity. It would be the best opportunity because the value of the club would be at its highest at that point. Um, it's interesting. Look at Swansea and Hugh Jenkins mm. and what he's gone through recently. He mm. bought that club back in 2002 for a million pounds. He sold it for £100 million. I think his share was around £13 million. And now look what's happened. So I think there's lots of warnings there in terms of making sure there's the right investor coming in the club. I don't know the answer to the question. It depends where Delia Smith is at. I think that she probably does want to offload the club. I think mm. we've kind of we, we that's what we understand from what's been said in the past. But I think the great thing about Delia and Michael uh, is that they won't just offload it to anyone. It would have to be the absolute right investment package that comes into the club. And I think having a look at other clubs mm. and the financial models that they have uh, subscribed to and the routes that they've taken, the key thing is, yes, it'd be great to have outside investment. <coughs> it'd be great to have more money. It'd be great to have financial security. But careful what you wish for. It's got to be the right person. Indeed. Um, Tom Calden asks, Hi Nick, do you still think a nationwide vegetable shortage is a laughing matter? Fairly facetious, if so. Hashtag icebergs. Now, I'm going to take you back to, I think it was Ray, wasn't it, who called up yeah, yeah. your show? And yeah. there was a, there was an iceberg lettuce no shortage worries. at the time. Yeah. He was going to Tesco's on the Harford Roundabout yeah. to pick up some icebergs for his um, mother's birthday, <laughs> birthday party. party. She loved prawn cocktail. Yeah. You laughed. Yes. He did not take it well. No. What was the end story of Ray? He, got his, he got his iceberg lettuce and she had a lovely birthday party. And I did, I think, if I remember correctly, I, I, I did say to my producer, offer to, to Ray that I'm happy to drive around North Norfolk trying to find him iceberg lettuces. 
because um, I thought it made me look good. So, uh, so I, I did, but I didn't in the end. And I, I think they had a lovely time. So happy birthday to Ray's mum. Don't say that Radio Norfolk never makes a difference. Yeah. Um, Chris <laughs> asks, Chris, you can answer this one. Who is the best player you've seen Norwich come up against this season? Oh, that's a good Love the channel, by the way, guys. That's from a Leeds fan. That's a great question. Just a name that instantly came up came up to me was, was John Fleck. Mm. Yeah, I like him. What, I love in the, his in the Sheffield, recent Sheffield United game? Yeah. I think he works hard. Mm. I think he works hard off the ball. Mm. Uh, he's certainly got Robert's energy. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, and, and, and I think he's a great player. He's a workman, mm. isn't he? It's what we it's what we love about the Norwich mm. City teams that, that, that they work hard. So he has very much impressed me. Absolutely. First off, I just call it Shea Adams. I think yeah. the way that it's okay. yeah, it's really strong. I I thought he was a, a decent player. Mm. Didn't have a fantastic game against us actually. I know he's got a very good goal, but he didn't have a brilliant game mm. against us. But there was something about him. He just he, my eye was watching him. Indeed, um, Richard Hancock, your good friend and, and, mm. and a friend of the Talk Norwich City podcast. I would like to know which Here member of the Norwich City squad Nick thinks would be most likely to make a quinoa and and pui lentil. Is that correct? Yep, yeah, pui lentil, pui lentil yeah. salad for yeah. his tea. Yeah, Richard, dear boy, thank you so much for that. Uh, well, it's obviously going to be. Well, let me let me answer it in two ways. First of all, I'm I'm probably going to go. Let's go for O'Neill Hernandez, because uh, the majority of quinoa production in the world is actually in Bolivia, and a small <laughs> amount of it is in Colombia. Colombia has very good trade routes with the Cuba. Cuba is where Hernandez was originally from. So I'm suggesting that probably in terms of quinoa, uh, he would be most exposed to that as a product through family and cultural links. And I would go historically, uh, probably Russell Martin, because he's mm. a vegan. Nice. Um, and therefore, he probably subscribes and enjoys quinoa. However, very quickly, there are ethical issues around quinoa. So therefore, maybe maybe he's not so keen on it. Because, What's the ethical issue around Well, quinoa? it's about Bolivian farmers, and you don't want to go into it. But basically, be careful where you source your quinoa from. Are you a, do you buy into the whole kind of quinoa movement? I do. I love a bit of quinoa. Um, and in Bolivia, I loved a bit of quinoa. But there's some interesting stories to tell about quinoa tete, production. But I'm thinking Tete would love a bit of quinoa. Tete. And, and puy lentils as well, but I have to say I use a, a gourmet merchant in the pre-soaked in the bag. Oh my God! <laughs> I wasn't expecting an answer that. That, 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 that you got one. That was no, that was absolutely excellent. Um, Jez from Bears, who by the way is your biggest fan. Oh. Um, shout out to Jez from Bears. He was the Jez, man who um, convinced me that you did actually walk around the North Norfolk coast with podcasts because I often heard you saying about this. Yeah. And I was like, surely you don't walk that yeah. much. He's, yeah. He he assures me that you yeah, do. Yeah, you've been coming into my ears. Um, Sorry, I'm so sorry. So you've been you've been giving me audio delight at the top of Gun Hill, um, sharing a Kramer Pier. Um, I've listened. Do you know? I've listened to this podcast. I listened to this podcast at Heathrow Airport recently. I've listened to this podcast everywhere, and there's nothing Good. better than walking along the uh, the Norfolk coast yeah. where you get soddle signal and listening to you. Let guys. us know actually if you're if you're watching us on YouTube. Let us know in the comments where yeah. you've watched or listened to the podcast. Yeah. Mm. There was someone in Saudi Arabia the day. Well, can I say hello to Karen? Dubai. Karen from Korea. I said I was coming on uh, Talk Norwich City tonight, and her, she sent me a. Is her, is her name actually Karen? From she's Korean. No, she, well, she's Karen. I don't think from Korea is her surname, but she's Karen, and she's in Korea, and wow. she and she loves you too. I'm Oh, she loves you, she's, she's on attachment over there at the moment and she, she this is how she follows the Let amazing. us know, let us know. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Jez's question is, um, clearly Norwich's scouting network didn't go to Sheringham High School when Nick was on his game. <laughs> what player would you have been? A midfield general, 20 goals a season striker, a salmon-like leaping keeper? I reckon Nick was a Huck-style flying winger. Oh, I love it. Who's this guy? Jez from Bez. Jez from Bez, thank you. Um, actually, there's a very good video. I can't find it, but there was a video. I had a, a football coach called Jock. 
big, big Scottish guy, mm. um, huge man actually, uh, very big hands, and um, <laughs> he um, and and apparently the story goes, and I can't quite remember this. But I had forgotten to turn up for the match, and the clocks had gone back. Is this or at forward. Sheringham High School? Well, this is at Sheringham United Football Club, or Sheringham, what they call Town Football Club, which I played for when I was younger. Mm. And the clocks had gone back or forward. Anyway, I was an hour late, and mm. I turned up in the second half. And he says, and he put a video online about it recently, saying I still scored a hat trick. Now I cannot remember that, but actually in my day I wasn't a bad attacking midfielder. Really? That's where I used to play. Really? Yeah. And the thing is, what I used to do. I mean, this remember this is you know kids football. Because I'm quite a you know big chap, and if I if I drop my trousers now, mm. your eyes would water the size of my thighs. And I had a I had a I had a very simple tactic. You just you plough for goal, and then you just boot the hell out of it, and it worked every single time. You strike me as more of a Jens Berthlasku kind of um, what kind just of player. head the ball into the air and head for the, and hope for the best. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, we're currently sitting in a in a bedroom and the thought of you dropping your trousers <laughs> has slightly slightly put me off um off track here Gosh, um, we're top of the league we've lost the plot indeed yeah. right saluting shrebeni thank you for your question here don't want to get ahead of myself chris but i think we're going to get promoted um do you think no sorry let me start this again don't want to get ahead of myself here but if we are to get promoted do you think there yes. are any positions we 100% need to strengthen. Great question. The chemistry we have, we have with our current squad doesn't want to be disrupted <clears> too much. <throat> so I don't think we actually need that many signings. It's a great question. Uh, I, th- I, honestly and brutally, I would sign a goalkeeper, and honestly and brutally, I'd still sign an, another striker. Mm. You're not going to disrupt things too much. Mm. Um, I would. I mean, obviously, we've got Jordan on loan for the season, so definitely 100% a striker. In the, if, if if and when we go but to if, the Premier if, if we went up to the Premier League, you're not going to sign Jordan Rhodes, are you? No, you're I'm not. Well, no, no, you're not. Hey, Nick, I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm not saying that. If, if we go up, I think you're absolutely right. We need a striker. Um, I am sympathetic to what you say about a goalkeeper, actually, though... I, we're going to need a go- we're going to need another goalkeeper question, anyway. Though. It's a brilliant question. Yeah. I think we're going to need another. I think you don't the, need to. You don't need to. Be yes, actually, yeah, no, to. no fair point. I suppose I'm going to I'm going to cop out on the answer to that one and say actually I think across the board you would generally look for opportunities to improve the squad. That's such a crap answer, and I'm sorry, Jeez. but I've like uh, been in the room with David Nally. I know that's I'm sorry that's such a politician's answer, but actually it's very difficult to pinpoint one or two locations, but I th- around the pitch. But I think two things I would do: I'd look to add quality to the squad, and I'd continue with our current strategy which is to, 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 to develop young It was interesting within. listening yeah. to um, Russell Martin on Owen Tudor Jones's podcast recently and he said the, se- the, the, the summer where we signed like Leroy Fair, Ricky Van Wolves, <coughs> a lot of big sort of money players, the first time we'd done it in, 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 a lo- in a long while, it really did disrupt the dressing room because yeah. suddenly the dynamic shifts and you've got players earning yeah. triple what you are. You don't often think about that, do you, from a fan's point of view, like, well, we've just signed this European striker, amazing. Yeah. To then fit into the dressing room, yeah. that's going to be tough. I think it's it? interesting though, because if you take take us in comparison to Sheffield United or Leeds, Leeds have got a very, very young team, they've got a fantastic coach and he's drilled them very hard on, on what they are to do. I would be more concerned if I was a <laughs> I like BLC. You don't I do not like him. No, no, it's just something no, I, like, I, I just like the way he just sits on that little puff on the side and starts pointing around. I just I think he's actually a very you know, he's, he's a, a character. He's a character. Like and I like characters. We like characters. Yeah, I'm not gonna knock him. If I was um, a Sheffield United fan, I'd be more concerned because actually what he's done is a brilliant job mm. at bringing in championship players and League One players and whipping them up to speed. Mm. Um, and I think that they would really struggle. They'll do a Cardiff. They'll really struggle in the Premier mm. League. Whereas True. there's much more about us. The, yeah, the style agree. of play, even last year, I think we all said 
the way we're playing is actually more suited to the Premier League than yeah. it is to the Championship. So I think there's less we've got to do on our squad. That said, it's like you know, it's, it's like it's like adding into a portfolio, isn't it? Pieces of quality. It's like you know, mm. Dalton China. Yeah, porcelain. Yeah, yeah. Pieces of quality. Do you have a China? No, no, no. I'll smash it all probably. Gus Jarrell. Fat fingered. Oh, indeed. Uh, no, your, your fingers are <laughs> Um As we all know, many of our big key players have attracted interest from big clubs. Do you think we should sell off the likes of Max Ahrens or Emi Buendia to make profit in a similar way we did with the Murphys and Madison or try and keep hold of everyone? Chris? I hope not. I know that when we go to the Premier League, we, we won't get rid of mm. them. Mm. I think if we don't get to the Premier League, I, I do think Jamal will, will be on his merry way. Mm. I think that's why we've signed that player reading between the mm. lines. Mm. Um, and, and it sounds like Philip Heiss is a, is a very, very well-rounded, yeah. um, well-worked and experienced player. It does say to me that they are needing to top up the pipeline, so to speak, each year. And that's okay. Um, I'm okay with Norwich City becoming a selling club if it means that we can progress and, and get to the next level. Um, I will be heartbroken if Max Aaron's gets sold though, because mm. he's just a million dollars. Yeah, but that's surely good, isn't it, Nick? That your your players are attracting absolutely. Oh, that, that, of course, <laughs> you want them to attract attention. And I think actually the sad thing is, is Chris is absolutely right. If we don't go up to the Premier League, those players, many players, will look to go on. A bid will come in, and it will mm. test our resolve. What I think we have to understand as fans, it doesn't just test our resolve because you know we we spy financial security. It's actually it's a necessity to sell because yeah. I think we've got a shortfall of the ten million pounds that we've got to cover. So that's one player gone. Beyond that, other players and agents will be saying, "Look, this player wants to move on," and so therefore it can disrupt the dressing room. So actually, and I hate to say it and put a great emphasis on it, but promotion, if you want to keep this squad together, is a necessity. Yeah. Yeah. We have to accept as fans, if we don't get promoted, then players will depart. Indeed. Uh, Liam Palmer, where is Farker's new contract? Mm, good question. I am going to make a bold, brave prediction. I think he's already signed it. Mm. And I would love it if they announced it after we beat Ipswich at the weekend. Mm. What do you think? I, I, I mean, I'd love, I'd love that to be true. I think, I think the way in which the club have been talking about it, I'm quite confident that there is a, there's a, there's a contract in the, in the pipeline, and I wouldn't be surprised if it has already been signed. And the, the release of that information is being carefully managed by the club. It's a feel-good moment, um, you know, in the same way as it's a feel-good moment for the Ipswich Town fans to hear that Paul Lambert will be staying if they go down. Mm. So um, I think these little key bits of information that are dripped out to the public. Um, are, it's great if you can do it at certain times. And I think, you, yeah, it's a great time to do it. It's yeah. funny you mentioned Paul Lambert there. You've mm. almost, it's almost like you've done this before. <coughs> um, do we mock or pity Paul Lambert? Oh, okay. Um, I, do you know what? I think we're, well, we're football fans. So I see this in two ways. So I'm really looking forward to the banter on, uh, on, on Sunday. I really do look forward to it. So and I think it could be very, it'd be nice if people turn up with, you know, blue and white coffins. Um, and it would be nice in some way, you know, we could throw lilies at them. Um, and you know, maybe we could wave money at them in their direction. You know, some of that kind of stuff. I've, Ooh, I've, be careful, I, I they did quite, that and it didn't end too well. Well, exactly. I think it's quite witty, but I listen to I listen to the podcast called uh, Blue Monday, mm, which yeah. is uh, the Ipswich Town Blue podcast. Blue I listen to so many podcasts, and they're nearly all football. Um, and they, it's a great podcast. And actually, they were saying they really regret that. I've got a lot of respect for the Blue Monday team, yeah. um, and the way they've told the Ipswich Town sort of story this year is, is mm. brilliant. And I, and I and they really regret that. So they were saying they wish they'd never done it. So part of me actually says. We're bigger than Ipswich mm. and we're bigger than that kind of behaviour. Yeah. We're a team that's going places. We can just purr at the way in which we're... We don't need to mock them because they're sitting in there, they're crying. And actually by by throwing something in their direction in terms of banter, mm. we're giving them a, a reason to be distracted from how awful their team is on the pitch. So if you really want to see them weep, then make them watch the match. 
Yeah, I mean, my... That's presuming we play them off the park. Hopefully. <laughs> Which is what we have to, but yeah. Look, I, my, where I stand on it is, I don't think we need to stoke the fire with, with Lambert mm. early, early on. I think that we need to focus on, on our Norwich City side. By all means, I will be giving the Ipswich fans plenty of grief, as I always do, because they deserve it, because they gave it to us when mm. we went down to League One, so I hope that they enjoy that ride. Um, and I think that at the point where we're winning is when is when mm. we can press the, the banter button. Mm. But until then, we need all of the noise and all of the support uh, on our team. And by the way, get your scarves out. Yes. If you've not got a scarf, go and buy a scarf. Yes. Get in, involved in the fan march yeah. and let's create the noisiest, yes. noisiest car ride that we've seen in years. And those Leeds fans, when they wave those mm. scarves around, it's brilliant. And I love what we're doing. It was great. Yeah. It's great. We could do more of that. Just on Paul Lambert, people often say to me, am I frustrated? Of course I'm not frustrated with Paul Lambert. At the end of the day, he wasn't born in Norwich, he wasn't born in Ipswich, he wasn't born in East Anglia. He's a football manager and he's got every right to go and seek work where he can get work in a very, very difficult... And Paul Lambert at no point has been, has been loyal to anyone, really, maybe apart from mm. Celtic. So I don't expect that of him. But I do thank him for the time that he spent at the club. Mm. What I would say, if, if Paul Lambert had called me before he took the Ipswich job, which mm. he never would have done, but if he had, I'd have told him you're a fool to take it. That, unfortunately... Well, he was waiting for the Norwich job. <clears throat> what, to come back again? Of course he was. Mm. Of course he, he was. He wouldn't have been given it, though. No, actually, at one stage, I wouldn't have minded seeing him mm. back in the dugout, but those days are gone now. Finally, let's get to the, to the question that we all want to know. This comes from Dave Rogers on Facebook. Nick, have you tried the Waitrose chicken and herb crusted burger on another level? Wait, chicken and herb crusted burger. Yeah, I haven't, but thank you for the for the suggestion. I will try it, and I will try and post back on this comment thread um, to make sure that I give you full and frank feedback. Good, uh, very good. Uh, let's move on to previewing the big game. It's Sunday. It's Norwich versus Ipswich. I want to read the first little extract from Stuart Watson's piece on the uh, East Anglian Daily oh, yes. Times. Um, he says, opposite, opposite ends of standings, a 39-point gap between the teams. Their leading goal scorer, Timu Puki, has nearly scored as many goals as the entire town squad has managed all season. Gosh. Ugh, wake me up when the season ends. How did it come to this? Um, damning words, Nick, but the gap has probably never been bigger. The gap has never been bigger. Let's just go on how did it come to this, because I think that's the key point. Nick, it's not a gap, though, is it? We need, we need a better word, and you are the wordsmith. Chasm. What is it? I think it's more than that. It's, I can't think what's bigger than a chasm. It's a, it's a, it's a gaping something, but it's... it's a gaping chasm. <laughs> yeah, it's a gaping, it's a gaping chasm. chasm between the two. I think, how's it come to this? It, it, it's come to this, actually, because I think Ipswich have... They, I don't think they've got any direction. I don't mm. think they've got a plan. I, I think well, that, a new era. Well, this new era is rubbish, though, isn't it? It was it was media puff, um, and there's nothing that's come of it. And actually, what I would say about Paul Lambert, he's playing an interesting game. He's a great motivator, and they're saying that he's injected some positivity into the club. But if I was a fan, I think I would just get a bit bored of the we're playing better than we've ever played before. Can you we're playing teams off that. Of exactly. course you can. It's so transparent. It's a bull, isn't it? To the point, actually, I've got lots of Ipswich Town fans, though they're not saying this to me, but I actually think it's quite insulting because they've been to these games. I've seen Ipswich quite a lot this season, and I'm telling you, they're crap. That game at Villa, where he just blatantly yeah. lied well, I was, I was to speaking. the camera. Yeah. But, they, but their fans have seen a lot. Ipswich Town fans do know what they're watching, and I think actually insults their intelligence to keep saying how fantastic it is, when clearly it's crap. I think I was speaking to Benjamin Bloom from the Blue Monday podcast um, on Saturday, and he was saying, I think they can all see through that they're not playing good football, but what Paul Lambert has done there is create a certain feel-good factor about the club again. And a culture around it. I mean, he's bringing legends back. He's, I think, he's saying the right well, things. You but how long does that the, last? But from the pits of despair and desperation. It's just marketing, Jack. 
It is marketing. But do you know, one thing I would say to Ipswich fans and friends is I think now you have to come to the realisation that Mick McCarthy wasn't the disaster that you presented him to be. But do you want to be watching that football every week? No, I would have problems with that. But then you know very well that I talk about football in a, in a practical and business and quite cold way that sometimes you do have to go down that route because with what you've got and the investment package you've put on the table, mm. that's the best that you can hope for. And that's where Ipswich are at at the moment. But I, what frustrates me slightly with the Ipswich fans is they absolutely hounded and knocked that man out of that club um, and he departed and he left and somewhere in Ireland he is absolutely pissing himself, laughing, I should imagine. He's not the only one. And he's not, you know, well, some of us, I mean, some of us are only up there on 40 and we're wetting ourselves on a, on a weekly basis. I'm bloody loving it. I mean, when that goal went in, was it Lucas Zhao scored yeah. in the last minute, I jumped off the sofa because I just, because it's funny, because it's funny and because even though it's sad and I feel sorry for it, I don't really, I don't like kicking Ipswich fans massively actually. Um, but I mean, yeah, Darren, I, Darren Huckabee said on this very podcast just two weeks ago he doesn't want to see Ipswich go down. Do you well, I, saw, that I saw that. Now, well, look, ask me the question. Would, do you want Ipswich? Absolutely. Of course I do. I'd love to see him in the Vauxhall Conference. Yeah. I'm sorry. I've been in not. So Darren, Darren Huckabee. Darren Huckabee is a Norwich City player, legend, whatever you want to call him. Who was born where? Co- I'm, I'm not making a big thing out of this, but Coventry, wherever he was yeah. born. Yeah. Love Nottingham. the guy. I think he's great. Nottingham. I think he's great. But there is a difference when you have been... Listen, when you've got that blinking bus from Sheringham, aged however high you are, you know, your first game was 1994, you've followed that team for that long and that rivalry between these two clubs. Mm. It is in your DNA. Mm-hmm. And if someone rang me up and they said you could buy Ipswich Town for a pound, I'd find it very hard to give them the pound, even though it might be a fantastic <laughs> opportunity because I'm Norwich through and through. Do I want to see Ipswich go down? I bloody love it. I'd lo- I feel sorry for them on a human level. Nick, I'm so pleased you've said that. But what I would say, whereas, and I get what Hux is saying, and we talk about this from the, the, the supporter point of view and, and how we act around Paul Lambert, I do agree with Hux that we do need to be bigger than it. I agree. Because entirely. it will come to yes, burst in the bum. And of course it will. And actually, yeah. I think that the club, the, yeah. the type of club that Norwich is, I think that we probably will yeah. be. Yeah. Of course there'll be some banter. Of course there yeah. will be. But I, I sincerely hope it's when we've absolutely yeah. ruined them. And I would, one thing I would say to Ipswich fans as well, and I really appeal for this, is no more trouble no. like we saw last time round. Because, you know, there are bigger things than in football. And the, the key thing I'd say to Ipswich fans is this. If you actually listen to fellow Ipswich fans who feel very passionately about the club, who are in a very difficult place at the moment, um, you let them down mm. more than anything by behaving in, 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 like animals and trashing the inside of our stadium. So I really hope that this, this, this passes off peacefully, which it nearly always does. It's a great derby match. Mm. and actually doesn't cause that many problems for the police. Um, Chris, James Collins and Luke Chambers, um, Ipswich's centre-back partnership. Are they going to be out for this one? Well, they were both injured at the weekend. Mm. Collins has a hamstring injury. <laughs> I don't really know what they expected of signing a 35-year-old who had to tear yeah. up his Aston Villa contract, contract yeah. because yeah. of injuries. And Luke Chambers, of yeah. course, who I think has fist-pumped twice this season, yeah. or maybe three times mm. over their wins. <clears throat> Look, I think we're always nervous going into a derby match, mm. but we have to beat them, surely. Well, sorry. No, no, you go, mate. Okay, I, t- two things on that. These chocolates are very good, by the keep, way. Just keep going, honestly, because you know they're, they're, they're two a penny. I can buy you more. Um, it's not Fortnum and Mason. Um, BBC are paying too much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't actually like Fortnum and Mason chocolates. Anyway, sad about James Collins because he's got the most beautiful shaved head and the ball makes a lovely noise when it record shows off it. <laughs> Move, that's all I've got to say about him. Moving on. Um, There's only one ginger pellet, isn't there? That's Gary Doherty. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Mm. I think the, only, the frustration I have with this game is I, I, I'm always nervous about it. Mm. And actually arrogance and complacency and maybe slightly the way that we're talking tonight makes me uneasy. I think that it's one of those games where 
on their day, Ipswich could still beat us. Mm. They can get up for this game. And I bet you Paul Lambert is slapping them on the legs as they leave that dressing room and saying, go and get at them. And the key thing about this for Ipswich, and we need to understand this, and uh, Daniel Farker needs to get on top of this one, I'm sure he is, is that for them, in their desperate situation at the moment, eight points off uh, and potentially with with uh, Rotherham at home to Wigan at the weekend, 11 points off when they kick off this game, then he will say, they'll often be thinking, last chance, go out, get at them. And if they get three points against us, especially if that gap is narrowing and Rotherham don't do particularly well in that game over Wigan, then that actually might be the catalyst that actually starts a run into the end of the season. There's still 48 points to play for here, and I think Ipswich fans would see that and say, we've had the most shocking, shocking season but that would be a point where you could really start to mentally use that. So do not underestimate how valuable Ipswich and Paul Lambert and the likes of uh, of his backroom team to think this game is. But but I think it I think it actually casts I think that will actually affect them more because I think it will cast do. some serious nerves because they will all know realistically it's last chance saloon. If they yeah, don't yeah. beat Norwich City Football Club they will be ruined. They'll be done. If you were They've Ipswich... already been told behind the scenes to prepare for relegation, Nick. Yes, yeah. If they yes, lose yes. against Norwich City, their heads yeah. are down and they're budged in for League if, One. If you if you were an Ipswich fan, would you travel up to this game? No way. I wouldn't even touch this no game. No way. Fan. I really wouldn't even. I'd just... I'd turn off Twitter, turn yeah. off the TV, yeah. turn off BBC Radio Suffolk. Yeah. Oh, no! Yeah, I just I love BBC Radio Suffolk. I, I wouldn't turn that off because it's been an absolute joy. I mean, I've, n- I've never run back to my car quick enough to get back in and people think I'm, I'm listening to Canary. It's Radio Suffolk. Yeah. And, it's, and honestly, the phone-in is just fantastic. It's caller after caller every single week. And, it's, and they are... They're so depressed. <laughs> They're so depressed. It's nothing like a bit of schadenfreude. Well, I'd, I'd like to go down there and like just pretend to be a psychiatrist and just, you know, like, counsel them. On a serious note, though, mm. Ipswich will come and fight. Yes, they will. And let's yeah. not be idiots here. But what I will say is, that here's the matter of the fact. If we play like we played against Leeds, mm. who, by the way, their game plan was arguably... If it doesn't work in the first half, we'll kick the shit out of you in the second yes, half yes. and dive and cheat and foul and do all of that scummy rubbish. That's exactly what Ipswich are going to yeah. do. All of the pressure is on Norwich. Simple as that. This is Norwich's game to lose, which was the opposite at Leeds United. It was Leeds' game to, to lose, and arguably the nerves got the better of them. When that deflected free kick went in from Mario Vantage, which by the way was going in anyway, mm. they were done. Because it was pressure, yeah. and I and I do and I and I do think that the the first goal at Carrow Road on on Sunday will be pivotal. Nick, yeah. You mentioned there about if Ipswich were to win this, it could be the catalyst to change their season. Mm. I don't feel like if Norwich were to lose this, for example, it would derail us. I no. feel like we've, we're mentally stronger than that. I think the great thing about Norwich is that let's say we had a major setback and we'd be very. Disappointed um, because it's against Ipswich. In a funny way, I kind of think that would motivate us to even go to, to, to push on even stronger because that's how we've used defeats in the past. So I agree with you entirely. Mm. I think the, the problem is this weekend, there is something about being a Norwich fan. We want to get one up over mm. on Ipswich. And the interesting thing is, having for me personally followed Norwich City and having a great period at the beginning of, of being on top of Ipswich, then there's quite a long period of us being quite even, mm. and then sadly a period where they were more dominant than mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. We've now gone, Is it? I think it's going to be a decade mm. uh, of not losing. So there are kids that I sit with who have never seen Norwich City lose against mm. Ipswich. And I would just absolutely love, seeing as I'm pretty sure now that they're going down, and there's a good chance we're going up, I'd just like to preserve that for a little bit longer. Mm. And there is a chance, getting out of League One's not that easy. 
uh, staying in the Premiership is not that easy. But there's a good chance these teams could be just diving mm. apart for a couple of years here. But let's enjoy it, though. I don't think Norwich City fans should be... No, let's embrace the occasion. Let's Absolutely. make some noise because, yeah. seriously, banter aside, this could honestly be... I mean, this could honestly be the last derby yeah. for two, yeah. three, maybe well, even four seasons. I saw McDennis tweet that this, if this, he thinks this will be the last derby of his lifetime. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I knew because he, he thinks they're I not going to come back up again. Or yeah. or he thinks we're staying up in the... the... The problem with Ipswich, now this is not about Ipswich, but it's about Norwich, but the problem with Ipswich is I think that the situation they're in, their ownership model, the lack of investment, mm. yada, 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 means that they will potentially find it very difficult to get out of League One. And for every Sheffield United... Well, they're not down yet. They're not down yet. No, exactly. They're not, And they're not down yet. And I think we should make that very clear. And Lambert's a very good manager. We know how good he is. They're not down yet. You're right. But for every... He was a good manager. Okay, He's not maybe, a good well, manager now. Well, well, okay, was. I think he is still a good manager, actually. Oh, come on, I, I, No, he did a fantastic He did a fantastic job. since Norwich? Well, that's... He's kept Villa that's, afloat, that's, just. And that's a hell of a job. Well, he had ben that's Teke. a hell of a job. Mate, he had Ben Teke up front for him. Chrissy, that's a hell of a job. It's a hell of a job Nicky. to keep Aston Villa up. Nicky, he had Ben Teke up front. When I disagree with someone, they put a while on the end of their name because it's more impactful. But I think, <laughs> I think that was a, that's a difficult. He's a good manager. But you're right, they're not down yet. But I, you know, for every single uh, Norwich City or there's a, there's a Charlton, even Southampton were languishing mm. down there for a while. Sheffield United languished. It's a hard league to get out mm. of. You know, they're going down and they could be sinking. And I ain't going to float any raft. <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's a lovely note to end on um, it's the East Anglian Derby this Sunday any last words from you two go and get at them mm-hmm. yeah. I just honestly every single Norwich City fan that's listening to this on iTunes yeah. SoundCloud everyone that's watching this on YouTube you need to get behind the boys sing actually sing I know that we're, we're getting better but actually sing for mm. 90 minutes full stop even if we go a goal behind mm. we have to do our job in this game mm. you cannot sit in your seat and not get behind the boys this, for this game. Can, can I make another point? I think you're absolutely spot on. And the other thing is, we are the 12th man. You're, we do need to make some noise, and we need to make sure that noise is right the way around the ground. Mm. And there's something else that I think Norwich City fans need to do better. And that is, when we see things like a, a player going down in the box, and you think there's half a chance of a penalty, mm. shout penalty, go for it, create a bit of atmosphere. Because yeah. I've, seen, I've seen decisions sway on that. Mm. And I just think sometimes we're just a little quiet. We need to... Someone goes down, and then 20 seconds later, there's a reaction from the crowd. That's a bit OTT, I know. But I think we need to be much hotter on creating that reaction. I think Chris is absolutely spot on. Make some noise. Really bloody enjoy where we're at at the moment, because if we do go up next year, I bet you this time next year, when I'm sitting in this chair, we'll be saying, oh, you know, it's difficult in the Premier League, isn't it? So just enjoy it while it lasts. Really enjoy this. Embrace it, but don't do anything silly. You know, nothing is more um, serious than that. Look Um, after yourselves and each other. And get to the march. Pre-match. Yeah. Where's that starting? Weatherspoons. Riverside. Queen oh, That's the wrong that. direction for me. I've got to walk all the way past the ground and march back to oh, it. Oh, come on. Get there, Nick. <laughs> I want to see you leading it at the front. No excuses. With two flares in your, in your arms. <laughs> With my top off. Yes. Goodness, yeah. Yeah, to reveal your canary tattoo that you've got here. <laughs> I think I look like a seal at the moment. I looked at myself. I looked at myself naked in front of the mirror the other day. I thought I'd dance swim in the North Sea. I look like a bull seal. <laughs> I do. Especially when I've got my shaved head as well. I mean, I'll be surfing around in the waves, and I'll probably get some kind of frightful shot when David Whiteley surfs by. Some, well, I'd rather it's David Whiteley than some amorous grey seal. Thanks. So I'm mating with you. Yes, I'll take, <laughs> I'll take my chances. Oh, God. <laughs> Great to see you. you Great God to bless. see you both. Great to see you both. Good to see you, man. man. <laughs> Subscribe. Yeah. See you later. Bye-bye. <laughs> okay. I love doing this with you guys. Oh, Christ, <laughs> I love it.